Wisdom, the final frontier to true knowledge. Welcome to Wisdom Trek, where our mission is to create a legacy of wisdom, to seek out discernment and insights, to boldly grow where few have chosen to grow before. Hello, my friend. I am Guthrie Chamberlain, your captain on our journey to increase wisdom and create a living legacy. Thank you for joining us today as we explore wisdom on our second millennium of podcast. This is day 1126 of our trek, and it is Worldview Wednesday. Creating a biblical worldview is important in order to have a proper perspective on today's current events. To establish a biblical worldview, it is required that we also have a proper understanding of God and His Word. On our Worldview Wednesday episodes, we are in a series in which we will be covering another detailed book review from one of today's most prominent Hebrew scholars, Dr. Michael S. Heiser. We are taking a deep dive and will share Dr. Heiser's insights into the question, which is also the title of his book, What Does God Want? And we know from the previous weeks that God wants you. And today's lesson is Rebellion Number 3, Dividing of the Nations. Last week we learned in Dr. Heiser's book that parts of God's supernatural family also chose to disobey His commands and did not stay within the limits of their authority. They crossed over to the human family in a futile attempt to usurp God's position. Like the stories of Adam and Eve and Noah's flood, you may have heard about the Tower of Babel. If not, that's okay, because even most churchgoers don't realize what really happened there. The story of the Tower of Babel is found in Genesis chapter 11 verses 1 through 9. After the flood, God wanted Noah's descendants to multiply and spread out over all the earth. Like Adam and Eve, they were to be God's co-workers to maintain creation. Instead of doing that, they gathered at a place called Babel and built a tower to their own glory, Genesis chapter 11, verses 1-4. through 4. That's the familiar version of the story, but its real significance is found in two unfamiliar verses in another biblical book. The first is Deuteronomy chapter 32, verses 8 and 9, and it reads, When the Most High assigned lands to the nations, when He divided up the human race, He established boundaries for the peoples, according to the number in His heavenly court. For the people of Israel belong to the Lord. Jacob is His special possession. These two verses tell us that one of the judgments of the Tower of Babel was the division of humankind. Up to this point in the story, God was dealing with humanity as a collective whole. That changed at Babel. Human beings would be segregated by language and geography. Even worse, God divorced himself from humanity. Fed up with human defiance of his will, God assigned the nations of the earth to other members of his supernatural families, the sons of God, or it's referred to as his heavenly court. These sons of God were a different group from the heavenly court than those who transgressed before the flood. God couldn't kick humanity out of the house again. He had done that already back in Eden. He had promised through the covenant to Noah not to destroy humanity after the flood, Genesis chapter 9-11. So there would be no repeat of that disaster. So what else could he do? God essentially said, Enough. If you don't want me to be your God, I will assign you to some of my heavenly assistants. The fallout of this judgment took many forms. We aren't told how long it took, but the Bible tells us that his supernatural sons of God assigned over the nations did a lousy job. Psalms chapter 82 verses 1 through 5 describe that the sons of God also became so corrupt that God had to judge them too. 
Their judgment is described in Psalms chapter 82, verses 6 through 8, where God says that he would one day take away their immortality and take back the nations. For our purposes here, God's frustration left him childless in terms of having a human family. God just had it, but had he given up? Well, not quite. In this next section, we want to look at God's persistent love on humankind. Guess what happened right after the Tower of Babel catastrophe? God appeared to Abraham, originally called Abram, an old man married to a woman called Sarah. And she herself was beyond the age where she could have children. God made a covenant with Abraham. He promised the old man and his wife that they would have a son. God would do the miracle. Their son would be the beginning of a new family for God on earth. And this is described in Genesis chapter 12 verses 1 through 9, Genesis 15 verses 1 through 6, and Genesis 18 verses 1 through 15. Having allotted humanity to the oversight of members of his heavenly host, God wanted to begin anew with a family of his own with Abraham. Abraham believed God's promises as we are told in Genesis chapter 15 verse 6. And Abraham believed the Lord, and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. Abraham didn't have to earn God's interest or favor. It was God who had chosen Abraham to start over with his human family. The relationship between God and Abraham started with God. Abraham believed by faith. Afterwards, the covenant relationship that began with God's call and Abraham's faith was commemorated by a physical sign of circumcision, Genesis chapter 17 verses 1 through 14 and Romans chapter 4 verses 1 through 12. Abraham's entire family followed his example, Genesis 17 verse 23. Bearing this sign marked the descendants of Abraham as people whom God wanted as his family. Circumcision would be assigned to the women of Abraham's lineage too. Since they were to marry only within their extended tribe, they would be reminded how their people had been supernaturally created by Abraham and Sarah when they decided to have children of their own. It's important to realize that God's covenant with Abraham is is based on the belief in God's promise by faith. God didn't approach Abraham because he had found a man to be a good rule keeper. Salvation is not based on our behavior. We cannot earn our salvation. If that was the case, then God would be in our debt by virtue of our performance. He'd owe us something in response to our achievement. Think about how absurd that sounds. Rather, Abraham and his descendants showed their belief in God's promises by observing the sign of the covenant. It was an outward way to show where their loyalty was. The Apostle Paul used Abraham as an example of believing loyalty in Romans chapter 4 verses 1 through 12. Abraham believed that he was accepted by God before he obeyed any rules. The rules were not showing that he believed. They did not replace belief. Belief, or faith, was the one essential thing. Loyalty to that belief, to that God, is something we'll talk about later. Today we call it discipleship. Belief and loyalty are two distinct things. They are related but not interchangeable. The same is true of salvation and discipleship. Promising Abraham a son, and through him, the start of a new family that would grow into a great nation, was God's second covenant after the disaster of Eden. The first had been with Noah. Both were designed to preserve his dream of having a human family. But these covenants weren't just about God not giving up. They were also about extending the offer of everlasting life to people. God had not given up on humanity. God cannot stop loving people. He still wanted a human family. God kept his promise to Abraham. 
He and Sarah indeed had a son named Isaac. Genesis chapter 17, verses 19 through 21, and chapter 21, verses 1 through 7. Abraham's extended family would become to be known as Israel, the name that is most frequently used in the Old Testament for God's human family. Genesis chapter 32, verse 28, Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 9, and Isaiah chapter 44, verse 1. But what about the people from the other nations, the ones that God assigned to the sons of God after the Tower of Babel rebellion? They are called Gentiles in the Bible. And this is a short term that means not from Israel. And despite what happened at Babel, God did not forget those people. Not only would God start over again with a new people, Israel, but he told Abraham that his descendants would someday be a blessing to the other nations that God had forsaken. Genesis chapter 12, verse 3. Many years later, Jesus, who was from the family of Abraham, would be the particular descendant who would bring all the nations of the world back to God. Galatians chapter 3, verses 16 through 18, and, ch- and verses 26 through 29. Before Jesus arrived on the scene, Gentiles could join God's family by choosing to reject all other gods, believing in Him, and taking the sign of God's covenant. A lot of time passed between the time of Abraham and Jesus. Israel's own history as the Lord's portion, Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 9, was not a pretty one. They were God's people, but sadly, and perhaps predictably, their loyalty failed. The darkest hours were yet to come. And that will conclude our lesson this week from Dr. Heiser's book, What Does God Want? Next Worldview Wednesday, we will discover that even after God had made a covenant with his special nation, he was betrayed by his family. I believe that you'll find each of these Worldview Wednesdays an interesting topic to consider as we build our biblical worldview. Tomorrow we will continue with our three-minute humor nugget that will provide you with a bit of cheer, which will help you to lighten up and live a rich and satisfying life. So I encourage your friends and family to join us and to come along with us tomorrow for another day of Wisdom Trek, Creating a Legacy. If you'd like to listen to any of the past 1,125 treks or read the Wisdom Journals, they are all available at wisdom-trek.com. And I encourage you to subscribe to Wisdom Trek on your favorite podcast player so that each day's trek will be downloaded to you automatically. And thank you so much for allowing me to be your guide, your mentor, but most importantly, I am your friend as I serve you through the Wisdom Trek podcast and journal. And as we take this trek of life together, let us always live abundantly, love unconditionally, listen intentionally, learn continuously, lend to others generously, lead with integrity, and then leave a living legacy each day. I am Guthrie Chamberlain reminding you to keep moving forward, enjoy your journey, and then create a great day every day. See you tomorrow.